Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Inside Job with your hosts, Jess and John. Brene Brown states, perfectionism is not the same thing as striving to be your best. Perfectionism is the belief that if we live perfect, look perfect, and act perfect, we can minimize or avoid the pain of blame, judgment, and shame. It's a shield. It's a 20-ton shield that we lug around thinking it will protect us, when in fact, it's the thing that's really preventing us from flight. So on today's pod, podcast of perfectionism, and I can't even get that right, right? <laughs> How perfect. You're but, so perfect, John. Um, with In the inside job, you know, it's one of our things is that we want to, to, to work on ourselves. We want to work on our on our fitness and our mindfulness and our meditation. And these are all things we need to improve by, but but also by recognizing all these things, we're going to be learning things about ourselves and maybe things that we didn't recognize before. So part of my training, which I talked about earlier in in the episodes about this MPEAK training that I received at UC San Diego, and that's the mindful performance enhancement, awareness and knowledge training. And that course was developed for us Olympic athletes. And a big part of that is that these athletes have, like they've, what, they train for four years and it comes down to less than one minute. And of course, you know, they're striving for their perfection. But what we've seen is that um, through the materials, through this information that's come up, the struggles that perfectionists have. They have unrealistic expectations. Uh, they're constantly beating themselves up. They they identify themselves with the results. They have a higher incidence of performance anxiety, have more self-doubt and inner criticism. They worry about the evaluation of others. They're more prone to injury and burnout. And all of these things are just compounding and compounding. And when you're searching for this perfection, you're just you're not going to achieve it. And eventually it's gonna it's gonna bring you down. It's gonna bring you down. You're gonna have these expectations that are not met and it's gonna be hard for you to do. So um, that's what we're going to be talking about today. And I'm going to read one more definition from our MPEAK manual here that talks about the definition of MP or, or perfectionism. Perfectionism is the personally is a personality disposition or habitual approach to life that is characterized by striving for flawlessness and maintaining extreme performance standards. Jess, how are you today? In case I'm sure some of you are wondering, hey, uh, this, where's the other one? She's way more fun to listen to. <laughs> Hello, everybody. It's nice to have John speak because I think between the both of us, I probably talk more. Actually, you know what? I take that back. I think John actually gives me a decent run for my money <laughs> with the amount of talking. My dad would never believe me because he thinks I talk more than anybody he knows. But that's besides the point. I, John, just addressing what you just said. Oh, by the way, I'm well. Doing Wonderful. well. Good. Today's been a really good day so far. We had a beach workout. Yes. John was in, in attendance. It's amazing. Good time. It was a beautiful day in San Diego. No complaints there. I was just thinking what you said about always striving for more, right? Mm-hmm. And anything short is considered imperfect. Mm-hmm. And I think we should be aiming for progression, but not perfectionism, right? So Correct. there's something to be said about staying hungry mm-hmm. and not accepting the very basic truth of what we believe we can do. I think we can burst right through that and achieve so much due to human potential and we can progress, right? Progression doesn't mean perfection though. There's a huge difference between those two. Mm -hmm. And as you were talking about perfectionism, I was thinking to myself, I actually don't struggle with perfectionism. 
I was always one of those people in school. Don't get me wrong. There's some facets of my life that I'm trying to be as best as I can. But I remember there was those kids in school who were always doing all the extra credit and getting as many points as possible to attain this thing, whatever this elusive notion was Mm -hmm. of being perfect, of achieving the maximum quality of, you know, God knows what. But for me, it was always about giving what I could and knowing that that was enough, not just my best, but knowing that I met all the curriculum, I met the standards, and I was going to get really good feedback based off of that, and I wasn't killing all of my personal and private time Mm -hmm. to achieve this thing that doesn't really fit my values and priorities. And I'm really excited to talk about this today because we're going to be talking about self-care and self-compassion on this episode. Mm -hmm. And I think making sure you have your values and priorities in align with what you believe in can redirect your focus to spend more time and energy on the things that matter most to you. And the things that matter most to you don't apply to everybody else. So I think nailing down the areas where you maybe do need to be more of a perfectionist in the sense of getting as close to your goal and your objective as possible is good. And other places where it's a waste of time and energy because you're not gonna attain that thing and it's not considered failure, right? Right, and as you say, I'm thinking that if you don't achieve your goals, learning to be okay without it. So if you don't achieve something you're striving for, how are you going to be able to to move forward past that? Are you going to have self-compassion to yourself? Are you going to recognize that it's okay? You know what? I worked hard on that, which is a tough pill to swallow. I think I take back what I said (laughs) (laughs) about being a perfectionist because right when you said not achieving your goal or objective, I felt like a dagger in my heart. Mm. And I thought to myself, well, I'm definitely going to achieve my goal and my objective. So maybe that's not true about being a perfectionist. And I think this podcast will kind of redefine what we think of the word perfectionism. Yeah, I think we all want to strive to do our best. I think, but also too, is like being okay when we don't, when we don't do that. And, okay, actually, I'm not good at that. <laughs> Just skirt, See, rewind. That's hey, not well, my specialty, I guess. That's the point of it. I mean, that, that maybe our thought patterns around that would just the being aware of it. And so within this perfectionism and having this self-compassion when we don't achieve this perfect scenario that we created in our mind or, or the event we didn't complete. Um, and so within, within the MP program, we talk about the inner coach the inner critic, the inner compassionate coach, the inner critic. And so I think we all know what this inner critic is. We all have it. Maybe we have a name for it. But that's that voice in your head that's telling you you're not good enough, fast enough, smart enough, whatever it is. And so the thought behind that is like it's, it's there to protect us. It's there to prevent us from failing, to, for letting us down and, and like, hey, you're not good enough. Maybe you shouldn't try this because what's the end result? If you don't achieve it, what you're disappointed you didn't get what you were searching for or looking for and and that's and so some of this research we found that uh, we but <laughs> i learned about from from the we um is that uh, people that are that have more self-compassion for themselves tend to take more risks they're more willing to go out and try new things because they're not afraid that if they fail, they're not going to beat themselves up too much about over it. And so they're willing to take that risk. Um, You know, when I think about self-compassion for years of my life, I did not have self-compassion, especially, you know, through, 
through, and I, I don't, I hate generalizing this, but you know, just through my career as a firefighter, I wouldn't expose, you know, having too much self-compassion or compassion around things because uh, in my opinion, it was perceived as a form of weakness that if I was soft or something like that, but, but it, now it turns out that people that have more self-compassion tend to be more successful at different things than people that are constantly beating themselves up to. So pretty I, interesting stuff. I definitely agree with that, John. I think the power of vulnerability, actually a quote you had at the very beginning by Brene Brown, she has a great Ted talk. I think it's called yeah. the power of vulnerability. Yeah, I'm so pretty sure that's it. the title. Mm -hmm. She has a lot of good points in there and we'll, we'll touch on some of those. But I think, thankfully, our generation now and the current generation, well, John and I are in different generations, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm much older. <laughs> I think the younger generations are starting to attain more knowledge around the power of vulnerability mm -hmm. and the importance. And like you said, just because you express yourself emotionally, it doesn't make you weaker or softer. You're just human, right? Mm -hmm. And the human condition is really funky and there's, it's multifaceted. And I think being able to see each side of the human condition allows us to connect. Right. And connection, right? There's so much power. Human connection is everything. I think I talked about that on the first episode about how that's one of my biggest priorities and values is people mm -hmm. and making sure the people around me, my people, have their cups filled, not necessarily by me, but working together to ensure that they know how to fill their cups. Yes. That their mental and psychological health can get to the point, if it's not already, where they feel fulfilled, where mm -hmm. they feel fulfilled. Right. You know, I, we were discussing before we, we loaded up the hot mics here, but, you know, just talking about what we were, we were thinking today and, and the, this topic of connection came up and, and I was telling Jess that when I first moved here from Arizona, you know, I lost so much connection, you know, from, from not being in the same state that I was from and, um, leaving the fire service after so many years and having so many connections there and then starting over. And I really, that is when I fell into my deepest, darkest state at that point, because I, I was missing that connection to things. And, you know, I've since found it through a lot of, uh, trial and error, but, um, but the community is so huge just to, to to touch more on your your connection point there john really quickly what connection were you missing i was connect missing the connection with others just having a purpose well actually twofold it's so like having my own self um purpose connection connection to to <laughs> to myself of like what and the hell am I supposed to be doing right now? Just recently retired from the fire department at such a young age and, and moving forward. And then there's a lot of fear around that, about that, where I should be, where I think I should be. Um, am I doing enough? And if I looked at it through a lens of, hey, I was 43 years old. I'm living in Del Mar. I'm looking at the ocean. Uh, that should be plenty, right? Uh, no, and it wasn't. And so why wasn't it enough? And what was driving it? And why couldn't I be satisfied with what I had and where I was at? And there was absolutely something greater than that missing. And it was the connection to others. It was having that connection to community, connection with um, just like-minded people, people that were um, really just authentic and true to themselves. And I, I really, <laughs> without a doubt, have found that now. Um, within the communities that I hang with, with the people that I hang with. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a wonderful community and I don't ever want to lose that. So I like what you said about being authentic because I think connection 
really only occurs as a result of authenticity, right? Mm -hmm. And having this connection does give purpose and meaning to our lives. And it really, it only happens if you're willing to express yourself openly Mm -hmm. to the people who are around you, the people you love, people that love you, and just anybody. You can, this whole idea of energy, right? It's become a bit woo-woo, especially in, you know, Southern California, there's, everyone knows these (laughs) I'm not down talking. I think it's great. Energy healers and people of this nature who do all this kind of work. But you really can feel energy off of people Mm -hmm. when they're exuding not necessarily confidence, but just openness. Mm -hmm. It makes you feel really comfortable. And I'll I'll relate it to my current job and personal training. I've had initial consultations where I meet people for the very first time. And within the first 10 minutes, I'm getting their entire life story. And at first I just thought, wow, these people are really open. Mm -hmm. But then I took a step back and realized, I think I'm providing a safe space for people to feel they can be that open, right? Because I am being open and vulnerable, Mm -hmm. not really intentionally, but just being myself. And John, I like what you said before. It's such a reassuring and relieving feeling to wake up in the morning and be your true self without Mm -hmm. any thought. There's no holdback, right? And I always get this is something I get all the time is, Jess, you're so bossy. Or Jess, you know, <laughs> do you have any insecurities? Jess, like you say everything with such confidence and assertiveness. And mm-hmm. I don't really, I don't want to say I don't think a lot before I speak because that's, you know, rash. And, but I don't have to worry about how I'm coming off to others because I know if I'm being authentic to myself, mm-hmm. that will never be one of my worries. Mm-hmm. I can't control people's perceptions of how, what you know of how I'm being received whether that's my tone or my content of conversation that being said though I think having enough social awareness and being able to read people's energies well enough I know when something didn't come off right and then I can backtrack and say hey I don't know how you took this Mm -hmm. just to clarify this is what I meant but it feels really good to be authentic it does that's a skill that I don't (laughs) that I haven't really possessed for a long time you know, because I would put other people's opinions of me much higher than I had on myself. And I would think that everyone was always constantly thinking about me, judging me. I'm not good enough, you know, playing into that. So that's awesome that you're able to provide that space to those folks. But um, Thanks, John. Yeah. Wait, but, do you think that was your own self-talk? Total That made self-talk. you feel that because maybe you didn't feel worthy of something that other people weren't worthy of you weren't worthy of their attention or affection or connection. Right. Yeah, definitely. I had a, definitely. There was a point in my life where my self-esteem was low. I wasn't, I just, I was not in a good place. No other way to say it. And so I, of course, you know, I was, I was beating myself up with that inner critic I was talking about, you know, we're talking about where you're supposed to be at in life and who says where we're supposed to be at in life. I mean, we just need to realize that we are where we are in life and that's, that's where we are. And it's a, it's still a hard concept for me to, to understand um, and accept more than anything, really, where I'm at. But um, right, so I've heard, you know, you were just talking, describing about how you provide the space for people and allow them to be vulnerable. I want you to tell me, I want you to be vulnerable with me right now, like, and our, our audience. Uh, you know, we're all human. There's definitely things in your life that, that you're, you're critical of yourself of. Anything that comes to mind right now that you want to discuss or are willing to share? Yeah, a couple of things. It's so funny how in theory this seems like such an easy topic to discuss, especially mm. because our podcast episode is focused around it. 
But yeah, number number one, similar to what you were saying about where we should be at in life, I'm definitely struggling with that. I'm turning 28 next month. And I'm definitely proud of where I've, you know, what I've done and where I am now. But that being said, there's still maybe insecurity around where I thought I'd be. You know, mm-hmm. I'm nowhere near buying a home. I am going back to school to become a teacher where I'm going to be taking a pay cut. That's a bit scary too, to have some financial insecurity for the time being. I just thought I'd be at a point in my life where none of these things would be issues. And so I am struggling a bit with that. You know, and I know it's so easy for me to say, hey, life isn't linear, it's undulating, and you know, it's gonna be ups and downs, blah, blah, blah. Everyone knows this shit, right? <laughs> but being in there in your life, yeah, it's it's a little uh I don't say concerning, but sometimes disheartening mm-hmm. because I always expect way <laughs> I always expect a lot more from myself. And yeah. yes, I am hard on myself, right? Mm-hmm. And it's hard not to compare what everyone else is doing, especially those who are the same age as you. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at these people and you're like, Oh, these people are making so much money, they're way more secure and I kind of have to step back and ask myself what matters to me, but that's definitely a point of contention in my brain. I have all this discourse around where I should be versus where I thought I, you know, should be versus where I am now. Yeah. So I would say that number one and number two, I almost don't want to share this on this podcast because it, (laughs) it's this funny little juxtaposition, but this is a wellness podcast and I'm kind of in this little rut right now in my life with training and just overall I guess productivity and exercise and movement and cooking and nutrition. I don't know what it is, but I have been a little bit lazier than usual. And I'm here I am like promoting all this stuff and I've kind of taken a back seat for a minute. Right now I'm just in the mood like the mood for long walks. But then I feel guilty. I have this weird complex where I feel guilty. How can I be promoting health and fitness and wellness if I'm not even getting my 10,000 steps every single day? And I know this sounds like a kind of trivial thing, but it like eats away at me because I'm, I always think I'm this really hard worker in my head. Mm-hmm. But I'd say in the past month, I've stepped back and been like, whoa, I have not been working hard. I've been working a lot. Okay. And I've been working a lot. I'm yeah. really busy with school and the right. podcast and work yeah. and a social life. But taking care of myself, which well, <laughs> now this all relates, right, has kind of been on the back burner a bit I I haven't Mm -hmm. been taking my care of myself like I'm used to and that isn't fair I feel like to listeners to be like yeah go move your body (laughs) ensure you're getting 10,000 steps a day cook as many meals as you can and here I am you know eating breakfast burritos every day and not really going on walks and telling everyone to do in beach boot camp but not doing it myself and it makes me feel like I've lost some integrity right like there's this big discrepancy between my words and my actions Mm -hmm. And if anyone who knows me, is, this is a total broken record, but I'm really big on integrity. That's my one of my number one facets in life is making sure that everything is integrated. What mm-hmm. I'm saying is what I'm doing and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And I have to admit right now on this podcast, because we're being vulnerable, I don't have that much integrity right now with my own personal self-care and reflection of such. Well, look at this. So... First of all, it's it's okay, you know, that, and that's the bottom line is it's it's okay to do that. We're going to be up and down through this this journey, and and so we all struggle with that, right? So we all have these. So you've put that up there, you've set that goal for yourself, and so you now you're internally battling of like, yep. hey, I'm not achieving this goal, and so now you're 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 totally being hard on yourself, and 
And so this is what we need to recognize. Like you need to recognize this. And so obviously you are recognizing it and it's okay, but you're aware of it. And then, so what's the most important thing you can do for yourself right now is be kind to yourself, be kind to yourself. It's okay. No one's freaking perfect. Right? So we're being, we're going to be kind of like, Hey, you know what? It's a very busy time in my life right now. I, I am, I, I, there's a lot going on. I'm transitioning to be things and school and, and all these different things that you're processing. And Hey, maybe that, maybe at this time in your life, it's okay to, to do that. And you, and it's okay. Like, Hey, this, I'm allowing this space for me to be me. And this is me and that's enough. And that's the bottom line. Boom. And, um, but it's hard to do. Right. And so it's like, we all wear these different hats of, Hey, I'm, I'm supposed to be the mindfulness guy, meditation guy, calm all the time guy, but you know, I'll flip the out (laughs) and lose my shit on something and i'll tell you the difference is i'll 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 catch it a little faster but you know i feel that same way like i feel like i i didn't um you know i didn't stick the landing every time and you're not there's no way we're going to stick the landing every time you know and this is where self-compassion comes in and this is when we get to be nice to ourselves. Like we need to be nice. So this inner critic, the asshole inner critic is just grinding on you, right? And, and I've, you've, I've, you've heard this before, but um, you know, we talk to ourselves worse than we talk to our best friend. And so as Jess, you know, you know grinding on yourself right now, beating yourself about, about it, why, what would you tell your best girlfriend going through the same thing. You know, that's what the way you need to approach that. And so what, what would you tell one of your girlfriends that were experiencing this? Yeah, I'd probably say that life is phasic. It, we don't have consistency throughout our days or our weeks, right? That's the part of being human is, mm-hmm. a, you know, a wide array of emotions. And I think expecting this high expectation of consistency and discipline and hard work and effort is not always realistic and I wish I'm I'm really glad because I'm really glad this podcast isn't being recorded right now because I definitely just shed some tears I guess it was one of those things I haven't really brought to the forefront of my mind it's been something I've kind of known and felt but I keep suppressing because I don't want to admit it to myself that I'm not who I say I am all the time so I'm glad we're doing this podcast thank you John I appreciate mm-hmm. you holding space but I would definitely tell a girlfriend that yeah it's life isn't basic and we have to expect all these points of contention, right, in our lives to occur. Mm-hmm. And the only way we can start this uphill battle, which is going to progress us, is to have these lower points. Mm-hmm. We, we need contrast. Right. Sometimes it takes this kind of stuff to kick our asses into gear. And I'm at the point now where I've just in the past week realized, whoa, my self-care game has taken a plummet. It's plummeted. A plummet? <laughs> a plummet is not a word, is it? <laughs> You know, my self care game has plummeted, and I need to start putting more focus there because it's detrimental to my mental, psychological, and physical health at this point. Right. You recognize it. You move forward, and yeah. Um, you know, it's something too. I was thinking about when you're when you're talking. You know, when when you are working with your clients, what you need to remember too is that 
what's in your head like in regards to the knowledge you have what you're able to bring to the table when you're working with them just because you're on an off month because there's things going on in your life doesn't mean that you've lost this capability to work with your clients you have an amazing ability to communicate with people and work with with your clients your clients love you your your uh, Tuesday and Thursday class loves you, right? Thanks, it's, John. <laughs> like we enjoy coming to class. You bring an energy to it. You're more than just um, the label that that we're going to slap on you, a personal trainer. Uh, you're you're uh, you know anyone. I shouldn't say it like that, but like you know, there's lots of different personal trainers, but everyone brings something else to the table, and you bring a spirit of, of joy and happiness and community with you to these classes. And and so when you're out there teaching and um, you know, today you were running with us. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you were pushing me and you'll run and you know, you, you beat Marty, Marty. <laughs> yeah. It was a 200 meter run and that was my workout so far today. That's <laughs> <laughs> all good. And who says we got to work 10,000 steps. It's funny though. Cause I'll have, uh, on my watch too. Um, the, the little foot stepper on there right now it's at six thousand but and it probably won't go much higher than that today well if yeah. i check my watch i'm actually at ten thousand nine hundred forty seven john okay, so i so. guess i'm just a little better than you are <laughs> let's talk about the compassion to ourselves yes. though and being yeah. kind to ourselves i think like this being this really wholehearted person to ourselves first is necessary for that for us to show that with others right mm-hmm. we, we that's a precursor to showing that to everyone around us yeah so, John, how do you show compassion to yourself? Give me some specific examples in your life, something you can think of right now. What's your form of self-care? What's your form of self-compassion? You know, this is this is a hot topic for me, too. And I, I work with a mindfulness coach, and she has been awesome for me uh, since January. I think that's when we started it. And, you know, I, I, I struggle with that compassion side of myself. And I can give you an example of when, when I had two of the world's best mindfulness coaches literally uh, by my side when I failed. And the only way I can describe this would be to like have um, the world's best trainers uh, with you when you, you, when you did not do what you wanted to do at a competition. So I spoke at a conference in March to um, uh, some special forces. And it was a three hour presentation that I did not stick the landing in my mind, right? And so for me, it was just pure, um, it, let's just say I didn't do what I wanted to do. And trust um, me, I heard about it for days after that, <laughs> along with and, the rest of John's family and friends. And leading into that. Well, so um, my my good friend who uh, was there with me, he was speaking in the other room, and he's he's a um, he works with clients around the world around mindfulness, and so we get done roughly about the same time, and he's like, "How was it?" You know, and I just freaking laid it all on him, and you know, and and he he talked me right through it, right, and so, um, and but that's still I still wasn't settling in, right? I'm the world's best coach you know, one of them and he's, he's helping me through this. And then, um, and then I get on the, the phone or our video call with, with my, my coach and I'm like telling her about it. And, you know, and, and the bottom line is like, John, it's okay. Like be kind to yourself. And I was having, um, it was just so hard. It was so, it was so hard for me to, to get to that uh, space of having 
compassion for myself for saying, you know what, it was okay. And then like, hey, the situation I was in was a difficult situation, like talking mindfulness to special forces guys for three hours, like, bro, like, come on, give yourself some slack. Um, three so hours? It was three hours. Yeah, it was, That's, a, it was a good one. Yeah, it's a long time to talk for. It was. And, and so I... I, I still work around like certain things because I have these expectations for myself that um, I don't know where they come from. I don't know who sets them. I don't know why I feel I should be this way. I don't, you know, and so, um, and that's the bottom line is just like being nice to myself and it's hard to do. And um, it's difficult for sure to say the least. And so I would say that has been the absolute biggest one. When I run home, I, you know, you guys, here that I run back and forth to this beach workout and, um, you know, I'm beating myself up on the way home about it. Don't stop running. Don't stop running. You stop running your week, you know, and I'm like playing this over and over my head and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Uh, this is like two and a half hours into your workout. It's okay to stop running and walk, you know, and, and then I'm like, and that's okay. And so I'll, I'll stop running and I'll take off my headphones and I will just allow myself to be now on like a walking meditation and I'll change it that way. That can be self-care for myself at that point of like, you know what, dude, you did a good job today. Um, you accomplished a lot what you set out for. Take this time now to just reconnect before you walk in to the house and do that, uh, you know, coming in and, and, you know, and like today, I did not run to beach workout because I knew that I had a lot going on this afternoon. So I had to, you know, check that. So I rode my e-bike. Oh, wow, he's a bougie <laughs> so Del Mar guy. Totally cheated. <laughs> right, so. and John, that, that struggle you're talking about, about that, you know, the two voices in your head, mm -hmm. I think the human condition, we're naturally wired for struggle, right? That's a very natural thing. We're kind of always forced with this binary, like bad, good, bad, good. But we kind of step back and realize that it, it's just how we operate and learning mm -hmm. how to cope and to have mechanisms like mindfulness and meditation to help with this inner talk and, you know, implementing more positive strategies is really, really imperative. And I think, actually, I read this, um, well, I've known this for a while from reading, I'm not Buddhist, but there's this you Buddhism. Read? I read so much, Don. <laughs> <laughs> Such an academic. <laughs> no, but from Buddhist philosophy and spirituality, one of the biggest tenets of that, of that practice is the fact that humans are always in the state of suffering, right? Mm -hmm. When something good is happening, a, I guess a state of euphoria, we're hoping it never ends. And then when we're struggling, we're waiting for it to be over. So both good and bad, we're waiting for something, right? Rather mm -hmm. than just being in it. And to actually today after beach workout, Marty brought up this really good point. Um, I can't remember who says this. It was some king somewhere. Marty's <laughs> so, our good friend, in case you guys are wondering. Yeah. Marty. <laughs> he said, you know, um, this too shall pass. Mm -hmm. And that refers to good and bad. Mm -hmm. When good things are happening, not in a negative way, but they're, it's not going to be a forever condition, right? right. You're going to have these ups and downs. When bad things are happen, happening, that will pass as well. So figuring out how to live with this inner struggle with really healthy mechanism is healthy mechanisms is the point of the podcast today. So we're going to be talking about how we can start introducing forms of self-care and self-compassion into your routine each day mm -hmm. to hopefully help you with these internal struggles and your internal dialogue. Yeah. 
that when you prop the two voices, that reminded me of something I wanted to read to everyone. Um, John's putting his glasses on right now, everybody. Well, I got to be able to see it. Different generations, remember? <laughs> <laughs> it's the print. It's really, actually, this one's dark. It's no Times excuses. New Roman 16, so. <laughs> All right. One evening, an old Cherokee Indian told his grandson about a battle that goes on inside people. He said, my son, the battle is between two wolves inside all of us. One is evil. It is anger. It is envy, jealousy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. The other is good. It is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The grandson thought about it for a minute and then asked his grandfather, which wolf wins? The old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed. Oof. Boom. <laughs> Drop the mic. And what yeah, do you, what do you I think, about think that? perception, the number one lesson or takeaway from that for me is perception is absolutely your reality. Mm-hmm. What you feed into, the people you surround yourself with, what you tell yourself mm-hmm. will become your reality. Mm-hmm. And I think having both sides of that, right, the the kind of dichotomy of both voices shows that we can't selectively turn these things off. It's not about turning them off. It's about doing our best to feed the positive ones that are going to reinforce better behavior and thoughts. Right. So understanding and recognizing, hey, I'm going to always have these thoughts, but you can't have some without the others and knowing how to be productive with the good ones. Mm-hmm. How can I optimize these thoughts that I love about myself, these things that I love about myself, and how I am with others? What do you love about yourself? Oh, <laughs> John. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, you know, it's funny because it's when someone asks you what are your strengths, you feel like mm. you're so like, uppity on yourself. Yeah, well, I'm, yeah, you gotta give me one. Yeah, I love, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. I love that I'm able to form connections quickly with people mm-hmm. and that people feel like they confide in me, can mm-hmm. confide in me. I like that my energy is usually really upbeat. I'm pretty much always in a good mood. You are. And if I'm not in a good mood, it, you're not going to be able to tell because I'm not showing it, but I'm not, I'm not hiding it. I'm going to be vocal about it. I'm going to say, John, I'm not having the best day ever. <laughs> and just like John did, we can have a laugh about it, right? I, right. I'm not going to be in a pissy mood with anyone. I like that despite what's ever going on in my life, I can still show up for myself and others because mm-hmm. I'm able to recognize it, right? I can take a step back. And the fact that I am, I think, more prag- pragmatic than most allows me to do so. I'm not so wrapped up in my emotions where I can't take myself outside of that situation. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm grateful for my strong mind. I'd say that's my favorite part about myself is okay. my strong mind. I think I have really good control over my thoughts and emotions mm-hmm. and not trying to turn them off necessarily, but seeing them and having a game plan. Okay. And so what I like to do is like the strength spotting. This is all from our, our good stuff at ECSD. Yeah. <clears throat> so what do I see strengths in you? You know, what I absolutely, the, my favorite is just your, who you are from the inside of this like bubbly, sparkly, energetic, caring, fun to be around, joyous person that is contagious. And it it's just, I would imagine that everywhere you go, everyone's having a good time. 
I'm guessing that's the case. They're having the best time. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Because you are bringing that. You're bringing that energy. And so they're seeing that energy and it's all reflecting and it's just, it's just makes it all good. All not, I mean the best makes it the best. Thank you. All the time. So, um, yeah. Shout out to Jess. (laughs) John, why, well, number one, why did you ask that? And number two, I want to hear your answer. Well, because I want you to think about what what you're good at. I mean, we're always constantly thinking about what we're bad at or we're not good enough at, or I shouldn't say we all are, but it's a it's it's on well, it's on our minds, right? So I want you to think about what you're good at or what what you like about yourself and and bathe in that for a minute as Absorb a form of that. self-compassion, right? Absolutely. Show, yeah, ex- expressing gratitude it. for yourself. Yeah. Exactly. Digging it. John, what are your what are your strengths? Well, he's like what, seven, <laughs> how, one to three. How much ten, time do we how have? Much? <laughs> I already made a list. No, I just kidding. Um, are you? Mm, I really, I am. <laughs> but I'm sure people would think other. But uh, my strength, I would think, what I feel is being able to connect with a lot of different people from a lot of different areas and. People have told me, like, you could go talk to anyone. You, you could have a conversation with really anyone in the room. Like, you like talking and connecting with people, and and I really do. And so if that's a strength, I don't know. Absolutely um, a strength. The um, I, would, I would say that, yeah, that would probably be the one that I, I think about. Uh, I, I do like the fact uh, of where I'm at, like, physically in regards to, like, condition. You know, I... If someone asked me to go do something right now, challenging, I'd be able to do it. I wouldn't have to go train to do it. I mean, unless it was something like an ultra marathon or something. But like, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm ready to go. Great answer. At, at any moment. Um, I got my bags packed right now. I actually have my, my ski bag right now. Is it really snowing does. anywhere? <laughs> I like that answer a lot. And I think taking the time right now for you all to either pause the podcast for a moment or write this down for later or just remember it. Think for a few minutes or for a few seconds, whatever time you have at the moment. What are your strengths? It's not necessarily gratitude journaling. Just what are your strengths? It's positive self-talk. And that is a form of self-compassion, right? Mm-hmm. So think a few of your strengths and write them down and don't feel like you're being stuck up or you know up on yourself. You're not. You're just showing yourself some love and kindness. Yes, that's the absolute truth. And, and within the self-compassion piece, there are... There are different forms of this, and we, I believe we've talked about this before, but the self-care piece is is a big one. And and that comes in many different forms of who and where you are in your life. So for a police officer, that might be going to the range and shooting off some rounds. I mean, that, that could be a form of self-care. Taking a nap in the afternoon is John's <laughs> self-care. Uh, and then, but but actually, like making a, a transition behind that, uh, or or from one thing to the next. Like, I don't know what you got planned for the rest of the day, but hey, what? Like my self care today when I get home. I don't even know what time I'll get home, but um, you know, making time with my family and spending time with them and connecting with them is a form of my self care. So, um, but just however you want to label it, that could be going to the gym, going for a run, meditating, hiking, biking, whatever. So what do, what do you do, Jess, for your self-care? 
My self-care is usually beach walks. I live uh, really, I'm fortunate right. to live really close to the beach. Yeah. And I go on beach walks for miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, being in the sand, it's just being in the ocean. I don't bring my phone. That's a big part of this. My self-care is whatever I'm doing, it does not involve my phone. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to disconnect these days. Yeah. And that's, you we're in constant communication with others via technology. Yep. Leave my phone at home, going on beach walks. That's one big one. Number two, I love my skincare routine. So doing my whole skincare routine, I love taking my shower, mm-hmm. doing my toner, my vitamin C, my hyaluronic acid, my serums, my oils, <laughs> my moisturizers. I'll stop now. Good Lord. <laughs> my skincare, John, you need to wear sunscreen. My skincare routine is a form of self-care. It's really peaceful. I usually have essential oils going. My phone's away from me. I'm taking care of myself. And they don't take that long. I think a lot of people feel guilty mm-hmm. for spending time and energy for themselves and into themselves. Mm-hmm. Just take, guys, take at least five minutes of your day to not feel guilty to pay attention to yourselves and yourselves alone. Yeah. I, I have this joke with my with my best friend and old college roommate. Her name's Olivia, and we always, you know, at the end of the evening, I love being pampered. I love massages. And I love <laughs> getting facials. And I love all the things. Anything to do with, you know, self-care, I love self-care. Okay. So I'd say, Olivia, it's time for some just time. And she'd go, oh, I don't want to do just time because it always meant her <laughs> brushing my hair or her putting on makeup for me or her doing something that was going to please me, right? Simple, like someone doing my makeup, doing my hair. But that was just decompression time, and that's what self-care is about. It's about you being alone with yourself. Or maybe it's not you being alone. Maybe for some others who regain energy with being with others, maybe that means you calling a, someone you haven't talked to in a long time and FaceTiming. Maybe that fee- fills your cup, and that's what's going to – reset your next day or reset the rest of that day for you. Mm-hmm. So self-care does come in many forms and it looks different for everyone. So please take some time to figure out what you really enjoy and what resets your energy if you need reset, which most of us do in this busy life. Again, beach walks, skincare routines, hangs with the family, cooking your favorite meal. Maybe it means sitting in the dark and laying down. Mm-hmm. Maybe it means looking at the moon outside when you park your car before you go back inside and enter whatever kind of social stimulation you're in, looking up at the full moon. I, this could be anything. I'm giving really random specific examples, but I'm just trying to prove a point that it doesn't, it doesn't look the same. It's not homogenous. It's not, this is what self-care is and everyone has to follow this regimen because it's not that way. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be specific and personal and individualized. So find a few of your things and try to work those into your weekly routine. They will do wonders and for John, I haven't really fully hopped on the meditation train just yet, but for John, he's, baby shake, steps, baby he's shaking steps. his head at me, <laughs> but for John, meditation is a massive form of his self-care. Am I right, John? You're absolutely correct. So that means for John, maybe it's a daily practice. Maybe for some of you, it's weekly, whatever it may be. Please start doing that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all, it's in, it's in us. It's that job. Uh, you know, some other forms of um, self-compassion I just want to talk about briefly. Uh, maybe you're familiar with yin and yang. And in this yin style of self-compassion is this more nurturing side of it, this like gentle touch or soothing touch, or maybe even giving yourself a hug and, and telling yourself it's okay. And just like, Hey, it's okay. And where the opposite of that, this yang style is more of like, giving could be used as like setting boundaries around something like that's enough stop. Or, you know, I know if you come, you know, closer or I need to stop this situation or being in this toxic environment, uh, you're setting this more of a boundary up. Um, you could even do like physical symbols for that. Like, no, 
or stop or, you know, just like as I was saying. So um, it comes in all different flavors, you know, and, and how you talk to yourself. If you screw something up, that's eh, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll get it next time. I'm not going to worry about that instead of, you're an idiot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> why did you do that? You're never good enough. You know, like failure. Yeah. Loser. Loser. Like, Loser. <laughs> <laughs> like we shouldn't even like, actually, we shouldn't even be really joking around talking like that because the words that we do speak out loud to ourselves, even jokingly, our mind doesn't know the difference. Our body doesn't know the difference. And so why say something like that to beat us down when, when, you could be saying things and something that are that are going to build you up and positive. And on the other hand, though, it's not necessarily always bad because we shouldn't always take ourselves too seriously. Right. That's the whole no. point of this is yeah. we are enough. We don't always need to hold ourselves in the highest regard in every single situation because mm-hmm. we're learning and progressing. We're creatures. Right. All right. I hope all of you have learned a little bit with how to implement self-care and self-compassion for yourselves. But, John, give us a little synopsis of the main points that we hit today, just so people, everyone has a big takeaway here. Number one absolute thing is be kind to yourself and know that the words you're talking to yourself with, they are harmful to yourself. So don't be mean, be nice to yourself, have some compassion for yourself, know that you're human, know that everyone makes mistakes and know that you are enough as you are right now. And if you want to make changes and improve in your life to do certain things, go for it. You know, but set realistic goals, set benchmarks along the way. You know, you're not going to be able to, to, to conquer your biggest goal in one step. I mean, these take little steps to do. And, and also, um, you know, some of the material it covers as well as like these inner critic coaches, a lot of these conferences that I've been to too, is to name that coach or, or not the coach, but that critic, name that critic. So mine is Angry John. And I think we've talked about Angry John before, but when that voice comes up, you know, if you have this name to it, you can recognize it. And I mean, that voice is in your head you're talking to, but you know, like, Hey, Angry John, I appreciate what you're trying to do right now and protect me, uh, by not doing this particular thing or not ever going up in front of an audience of special forces guys ever again, um, because that's a horrible experience. <laughs> if I want to choose to believe that, or I can say, Hey, thank you. I appreciate what you're doing. But guess what? I've learned, I learned a ton about myself, uh, processes, what I would do differently um, around this whole thing about, you know, speaking. And what I didn't mention, uh, several weeks after that, I spoke at another conference at Arizona State covering much of the same material and absolute, well, <laughs> I absolutely thought I did an amazing job, <laughs> but this is the, we had, we got tremendous feedback on it and it was, it was all positive stuff, but I, I took the lessons I learned from what I thought and perceived as a failure into, into growing from it. I learned from that experience and I took those tools and lessons learned and applied it to the same thing and with a better outcome. And so I think if we're able to recognize and you know, Hey, it didn't go as I wanted, being able to take that constructive criticism, being able to evaluate your your space as uh, an opportunity to learn, take those lessons, apply it to something else, and and you'll you will progress. You know you will you will get better at. It. I mean, not, no one's perfect, 
much like this podcast. I mean, <laughs> it's like we're learning as we go. We know some of the audio of is not good on other things, but we, we're learning and we tweak it, right? We make little changes to it and, and yeah, try to make it better. We know it's never going to be perfect, but um, we're striving to 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 learn from our mistakes and try to give you a better um, you know, podcast every week or every other week. And speaking of being patient and waiting for progress to happen, not waiting, but making it happen, I would say my inner voice, or my, excuse me, my inner critic mm-hmm. is impatient, Jess. Mm. Patience is not one of my virtues, and I suffer the consequences when I feel that impatience creeping up. So I will call mine impatient Jess. So to sum this up, everybody, number one, these are all homework tasks. Sorry, yes, you have homework. <laughs> come to, come <laughs> listen to a podcast, gets homework. <laughs> number one, identify your strengths. Number two, List a few forms of self-care, even better. Put them into practice. Number three, name that not-so-friendly voice inside your head. Boom. All right. Well, Jess, I truly appreciate your openness and vulnerability today. And that took a lot of courage to do that, especially around the topic of our of our podcast. And you're human, and you, I love it. I think you did an amazing job. So thank you for, for being you and and opening up and um, and letting people know that it's okay. It's okay. So. Thanks, John. I appreciate you. And I appreciate all of you for listening to our podcast. And we will see you in two weeks. Cheers. Right on. Be zesty, my friends. <laughs>